0: gonna make me count. Okay. Okay. I'm counting. Ten. Nine.
1: You're listening to the Survival Podcast for Zombie Nerds Everywhere. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. We are broadcasting to you live from the Zamp Command Center here in beautiful Vermont. My name is Bob Fournier, and I am back from the dead. I'm sort of still dead. This uh, this uh, sickness is uh, just not going away. It's uh, it's here to stay. I just may keep it with you in Vermont, man. I don't need it here in Maine. <laughs> Traveling to Maine. All right. Well, that voice is one and only the one and only busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How are you? Not too bad. How are you, man? If I wasn't sick, I'd be fantastic. But speaking of sick and fantastic, it's Canada's own Ryan Murphy.
0: Yeah, I'm here. I finished watching oh, okay. all of the Walking Dead. We're gonna talk about it. It's gonna make me sad because
2: it's gonna make you sad because I got negative things
0: to say. I know, <laughs> I just don't like negativity, Lou. Can we just can we just can I...
2: Then why do you hang out with me? I'm the most <laughs> negative person I know.
0: No, you uh you're not that negative. And I'm just being a little like a little out there with this with this. Because I things will be said tonight and people will be like, Whoa, like Lou is will be tested. Lou is convinced Ryan that this show is terrible. And uh, and then and then everyone will be like, Oh well, okay. And then I don't know, they'll go to the subreddit and they'll say weird things. I'm just I'm 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 thinking that this episode will be a lot of ups and downs for me and I'm glad we're starting with the walking dead so we can get it all out of our systems and then I know everybody loved the walking dead premiere and please don't ruin it for me just yet. Let's let's just Oh,
2: I, I don't have anything bad to say about Tony. Oh,
0: thank the gods. All right,
1: perfect. So, hey, how Oof. about this? How about this? Before we get into all this negativity, let's yeah, talk yeah. about something let's talk about something extremely crazy and awesome. Okay, good. Sure. So we had, uh, we had someone reach out to the, to the show, uh, oh. looked like a, a new listener. His name is uh, John, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Shaffer? John Shaffer. I would say uh, Schaefer. John Schaefer. Um, he he uh, runs his own little business. It's a, his own company, and it's called Battle Bats. Battle Bats with a Z, B-A-T-Z. And he makes all these custom-designed bats, and uh, he does an amazing job. And uh, nice enough to give to give us a bat, and uh, we put him to the task of trying to recreate Lucille from The Walking Dead, uh, Negan's weapon of choice. Um, happy to announce that I have the bat in my possession. And uh, this thing is absolutely amazing. We'll post pictures online so people can see it. but
2: It looks this, exactly
1: like it. <laughs> this dude's got the details down to, like, the small like spray painting logos, the the actual bat itself, the the barbed wire is like a hundred percent perfect to, as to like where the comic book and the TV show have it. It's got amazing like fake blood splatters. It's even got like a it looked like a bullet slug from when someone shot Negan's bat in it. Uh, I mean. I am so over-the-world impressed with this bat. Like, I knew this guy. Like, looking at his stuff on Facebook, and you should go check it out. You search for Battle Bats with a Z on Facebook, and you can see all of his work. Um, If you guys are into collectibles, pick up one of these bats. Like, it's worth the price. The guy hand-makes them all on his own, ships them out to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a, a whole array of what you want. And I know he doesn't really do a lot of, like, you know, custom, like, hey, copy this bat for me, you know, but... The way the one that he did is just like I'm gonna buy a glass case and put it somewhere special because that's how good it looks. <laughs> like that's awesome. It, it is absolutely amazing. I'm hoping maybe one day I'll get it signed by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Ooh. and uh, I'll I'll uh, give it away for uh, it, it, a billion it, dollars. Oh, it,
2: it might be it might be hard to uh, bring that to a signing to see if you yeah. get the reason. so.
1: <clears throat> here's the funny thing about it: um, did not tell my wife I was getting this product. <laughs> um, so I'm working late. And uh, I get a text message from her, and it says "WTF." And I and I so question mark, <laughs> and then a picture of a cardboard box with a white sticker, professional sticker by the way, that says "Battle Bats" <laughs> on it. Sweet. And I went, "Oh, sweet." <laughs> and, uh, she goes, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a it's a baseball bat." <laughs> and uh, she goes, "You ordered a baseball bat?" I'm like, "No, like this guy, this really cool guy, you know, listens to the show. He sent us a a bat." And she goes. Why did you
0: get it? And I was
1: like, <laughs> oh, you <yeah." laughs> know. Uh, so I get home, and I'm why was she so
0: upset that you got a bat? Like
1: I think she thought I went out of my way to like pay, like you know, without telling her, like, hey, oh, I'm going to spend this money on a battle bat, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I get home, I, I open it up, and she goes, "It's a real bat." I'm like, "Yeah, it's a real bat." <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I start pulling it out of the box. It's wrapped up beautifully. Great job packaging. Um, to, to tell there's a lot of care. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like going on. I'm like, yeah. This guy hand makes them. We asked him to do a custom Negan band. I'm really excited. She goes, is that real barbed wire? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's real barbed wire. And <laughs> she goes, where are you putting that? <laughs> I'm
0: like, hey, <laughs> valid question. Uh, somewhere, yeah. Somewhere
1: safe and out of the way.
0: Yeah. right choice The the thing is uh about uh, about this interaction with john was that you know he reached out to us and i i thought with the offer and i thought well well, obviously we know i knew what bob would pick which was lucille walking dead it's kind of our thing right now yeah and you know john got back to me and said like well you know i'll I'll do my best he doesn't usually do sort of the replicas he just makes cool bats inspired by you know it's more of a it's more of a weapon of choice, you know, fire, fire extinguisher nunchuck situation huh. where he's coming yeah. up with cool creative ideas like me um, and not anybody else on the show. Uh, in terms of weapons, uh, writing right, for AMC, yeah, super creative. I um, would say
2: uh, I would say, if you go to his site, because yeah. I've
0: been there a couple times to look at them,
2: because they're just all fucking awesome. They're really cool. Uh, they, my favorite is there's one with basically just metal rivets running down the entire side on like five yeah. sides of the bat. And I'm like, yeah. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's really cool, and um, honestly, a lot of these uh, a lot of these bats you'd probably see more in line with what you what you would have seen in uh, Dead Rising. You know, where you're where, when you, where yep. you're making the weapons, they don't seem quite plausible when you're putting them together. But once they're together, they look really cool. And uh, yeah, we put him to the test with a replica, and I think he he nailed it um if and this is the thing like bob being you know both a comic book fan and a walking dead tv show fan he's mm. probably going to be the hardest to impress so i didn't really we didn't really give john an easy task and i think no. if if bob's impressed and lou or bob's wife is a little afraid for her children's safety now <laughs> so, i think they nailed it
2: everything was perfect
1: yeah dude i, I and i will, and i i know i sent you guys the photo when i first opened it and like got the bubble wrap off but I'll send some better, high quality photos that we can post online, just so yeah. you guys can actually see just the uh, the amount of time that must have went into this thing. Is it's, dude? I, I'm not even joking to you. I feel like the barbed wire is in the exact same spot the barbed wire is in the comic books. Like it just looks like uh, they're, they're, I can't tell a difference between. It's just it looks like you just plucked it out of a page of Kirkman's book and was like, "Here you go, Bob. Awesome. It's just insane. It's insane, and uh, I'm just really happy, and uh, you know. I knew this was going to be a great thing, but like when I got it, I was not expecting the amount of detail this guy put into it. So uh, it's John Schaefer uh, Battle Bats. This is his Facebook page that you can find that link, and it'll go over. Uh, I also got,
2: believe I also he's, believe yeah. he's out of Texas, and I believe he does go to shows. So I think you can buy his stuff uh, at conventions and stuff in <clears throat> uh, Texas. He has an Etsy yeah. shop
0: as well. Yep. He's got three. Uh, oh, actually, he's got quite a quite a few products up there yes and, yeah uh, they range of- in price depending on what type of uh uh you know products he's using but um yeah looks really cool you can find links to his shop uh, and everything he kind of directed me to to share his facebook page because that's where he's got a majority of his stuff and you can find everything there and um yeah, yeah. i just think it's thank- really yeah. awesome
1: thank you again john that's a huge huge thank you um really do appreciate it and uh uh, definitely, gonna, like I said, I'm gonna be displaying this one in a glass case somewhere really nice,
0: and probably uh, far away from where my kids can reach it. <laughs> I, I'm probably for that's why I didn't <laughs> want it because it's just like I'm afraid for my safety. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm have, incredibly clumsy. <laughs>
1: I'm a little concerned <laughs> like yeah. part of me is going to be like, so like, what if like I ever have to move and like, I get hire some movers and they're like, Hey, you want us to move that? And they pull it out and they're like, what the <laughs> like, That's a replica blood on it. And, and that was the like other that.
0: concern I had. And it's like, I mean, shipping within the, um, United States, I, I don't think you'd, you'd have an issue, but as soon as, as soon as you try to cross borders, it becomes a little iffy. So, I mean, in terms of shipping, um, I personally didn't want to test, you know, uh, uh, John's generosity yeah. with uh, shipping across uh, borders. So that's, and we sent it to the right person with, with Bob being such a huge fan of, of the comics in the TV show. But um, yeah, check out his Etsy store, check out his Facebook page and um, yeah, really happy with the way this turned out. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Bob, because I knew that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I knew it would be a tough task for John. And I think he nailed it. And that's really awesome. Yeah. yeah we'll we'll share those it. photos.
1: Yeah. We'll share the photos. We'll share the website online. And uh, thank you again, John. And, uh, uh hopefully that bat will never hurt anyone <laughs>
0: yeah uh, unlike Plus lucille in the show and the comics he's, yeah, he's got exactly. quite a few uh notches under its belt
1: all right so let's go ahead and uh you know what uh, <clears throat> how do we do this here uh, let me think yeah because you so, capped
0: something for fear the walking dead right
1: yeah totally uh yeah here i'll uh, i'll play it right now um
0: are you just emailing me a soundbite or something <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That was the last season.
1: I actually did not cap anything for Fear of the Walking Dead.
0: Just, and, uh, just make it. You shouldn't have to. Just make a water rushing sound.
1: I was gonna, I was gonna try to find like a toilet flushing. Oh, <laughs> um. But so <laughs> this is hurting me already. It would have worked on so many levels. It would have. I, um, I think,
0: I think that uh,
1: I'll so put it in post. We're gonna. We've we decided. With the announcement of the crossover for AMC, we are also doing our own crossover. Sure. Yeah. We're going to somehow talk about a finale of Fear the Walking Dead and a premiere of Walking Dead in the same episode. Just like sometime soon, some character is going to crossover into another show. Yeah. So, to get started, hmm. we're just going to let Lou take over for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I want Lou and, to go uh, first,
0: because I feel like... Well, let,
1: let's, let's talk about the finale of Fear the Walking Dead, and maybe, Lou, your culmination of the second half of the season. So...
0: <laughs> I'm just going to mute my mic and just in, in, the,
2: in the in the bunker scene we had Ophelia and she was trying to stay alive and she climbed up to that that vent she was going to get the oxygen into the, the into the bunker so that nobody died and uh, they they added all this tension and mm-hmm. I think I said to you guys yep the only thing to get add tension to everything that's going on here is Ophelia's going to die and I think I even said that before this season began, I said, Ophelia ain't going to make it.
1: <laughs> you did, yeah.
2: And, uh, and so I was really impressed with the Bunker episode because Ophelia didn't die. Uh-huh. And how do they start the third <laughs> to last episode of this show? They show Ophelia fall off the back of a truck because she's been bit. We've never seen her get bit. They never show her get bit. She just magically at some point got bit. And we as viewers didn't get to see it. We only get to see the aftermath. Which, to me, it was the obvious thing for them to do. Almost too obvious. You know, they promised that they'd bring Ophelia back. And the only thing that would piss Salazar off is if Ophelia didn't make it. It's the only thing. Like if they had gotten Ophelia back to the back to the to Salazar, it literally would have been piece of cake. Reunited, we can tell a new story now. But uh-huh. no, no, no. They had to double down on all the tension and add useless tension that brought nothing to the story. So, so that's the whole episode. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it is the essentially the whole episode. And then Nick and Nick and the other doofus go off and get and get and get drunk and do stupid shit, and pretty much that's their storyline.
1: Credited as the stupid doofus, by the way. It's not just Lou being mad. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Continue, Lou. That was was the third to last episode.
2: Third to last episode. Then we get the next episode, where literally they decide they're going to help Madison. In the meantime, uh, what's her name? Alicia runs off. Yeah, and it's useless. Does. It's useless. She just she's doing her own thing. They've abandoned her. She's doing her own thing. Again, we've split up the group. Why? Because it adds tension that the show doesn't need. And now they now Daniel's mad mm-hmm. because his daughter died, and out of the gracious of his heart, he decides to help Madison.
0: He stays so mad the for all of. I, I didn't mean to jump in here, but he I, I do need <laughs> to iterate. He stays mad because you're breaking down the episode and it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was stupid. And you're right. It was stupid. But, um, you know, he's mad for all of not just 10 minutes of the episode, but what feels like, you know, an evening uh, of, of yeah. grieving. And he instantly just forgives. And it's kind yeah. of like you don't quite... You know they try to they try to uh, explain why he feels a little uh, he, he he makes that change of heart in the next episode, but it still doesn't feel genuine. It's almost like they they showed his change of heart so quickly in the episode then Uh-oh. the explanation for it didn't make sense in the next episode when it was clearly just him being like, well, Madison didn't kill Ophelia it was whoever brought the horde down on the ranch and he figured yeah. it was stupid doofus, uh, which yeah. he was correct. And, um, I think that's why he had to change of heart because he figured, well, he'll get his revenge because that's how that character works. It goes back to our conversation before about, was it him or was it strand that said like people work in cycles?
2: No, it, 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 it was strand yeah. strand literally has a conversation with Nick mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's. I think it, it's the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, it was about it was about the dam and how he had basically yeah. uh, fucked everybody um, over. M-
2: Madison and Troy are planting bombs in the dam because they find out that there are guys coming to take the va- take the dam.
0: Yeah. Now and, I, di- I didn't mean to turn your rant into like a, a little description of of all three episodes, but yes, that uh, the cycle there. Um, that he explain is why Salazar instantly forgives Madison, so he can get his chance yeah. at revenge. Yeah. yeah,
2: and 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 tell in his opinion in this episode when he says that to Nick is literally mm-hmm. everything I hate about this show mm. because in Walking Dead our characters have story arcs where they evolve as characters. Mm-hmm. As much as I bitch about things in the story, in the show sometimes they have arcs Rick starts out alone and then he finds his family. He tries to be the hero. He fails. He climbs back up again. And, and and it, it, there is a cycle, but it's not always the same cycle. I feel like we're going to go into season four of this show and we're not like the walking dead. The first season, we had the story arc all the way up to the CDC then we had all the stuff that happened at the farm. Then we had the prison, with the go- then we had the governor. And like, like these are story arcs that take a whole season. I feel like Fear the Walking Dead throws us in an interesting location. And instead of sticking around for the whole season, hmm. they go, yep, we'll spend about three episodes at the ranch, maybe four. Then we're gonna send them to this town where people are negotiating for water and supplies, mm-hmm. and it's like a trading town, which is something we have never seen in The Walking Dead. It is an extremely interesting location. The, the, think about what we've seen in walk, in regular Walking Dead. We have never seen a town that they've come to that the town is like, yeah, you can barter and trade with our people here. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and we have rules and laws. We have not had that, and we just got it. And what do they do? They spend an episode there, maybe two, yeah. And then they move them to the dam, where they spend two episodes at the dam, and then they blow the thing up at the end <laughs> of the episode. And so there's no more dam. I,
0: I and I want to give you a breather here because, honestly, um, the last episode, or maybe the the episode before last that we recorded of Zamp, uh, Lou gave his prediction, and he said like just like just like the ranch they're just going to implode the next location to create you know another location that they they can then implode and you know my argument was well that's what they do in the walking dead and this is a spin-off they can't really change that And it's like well no that's that's the issue is that they should they have an opportunity to do something different
2: right the whole when world they, is shit when, when they pitched this show hmm. they pitched that it was going to be Different. They were going to tell different stories and they're not. They, 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 they hint at Madison being a more interesting character. She was a, a, a guidance counselor for a high school, but then they hint, Oh, maybe she has this dark past. Maybe she came from this place. Maybe she was a battered kid. Maybe she just, and, and, and you go, yeah, that's fine. But what does that have to do with anything that's going on in the show anymore it's got nothing to do with her past they do they do this oh i wanted to scream they do the stupid flashback thing where it's her and it's like her dreaming about nick coming with his girlfriend and you know they're having dinner with people that are dead and and i'm like this does nothing for the show except to add about 20 minutes to an episode that I oh, want to
0: be over <laughs> the Christmas stuff. <laughs> and the thing is, as I was watching this, um, I think Lou and I connected on Slack and we're having a back and forth. And it was, it, it was basically this. And I said, Oh, we need to do this in the show. Cause it, it's, it's cold. Because that final episode was structured in a way to literally just upset Lou. I think that's what, no, th- that's, was the point. <laughs>
2: Okay, and the thing that kills me more than anything is, is Alicia and, and this doctor guy,
0: mm-hmm, John Proctor, whatever his name is.
2: Yeah. They meet the, this biker guy who's like the head of this biker gang that's coming for the, the for the, for the, for the, the, oh,
0: she jumps around. Dam. She has like a bunch of people that she meets. and And they all end up dead and but Uh. randomly they just like randomly find each other and it's like oh wait now she's with the doctor and that doctor it's almost like they said we need to introduce the bad guy we need we need to introduce our negan um which you've been hearing about all season like the proctors the proctors the proctors who are the proctors who is john you're not going to see john no one sees john and then guess what we get to see john at the last episode um The reason no one sees john is because he's uh
2: a cripple in a wheelchair yeah
0: exactly he has a um um, i think it was like a tumor on his spine yeah yeah and i just i watched the episode and i was just smiling your ear it's like it was just like there's so many tropes happening right now
2: and and the thing too is is the one thing you don't want in surgery is the doctor to be tense before he cuts into you and what does proctor john tell the doctor if you don't get this tumor out of me these guys have authorization or if i die on the table you all die here
0: yeah which is like was perfect um and the thing is like for alicia who we know as a character does well under fire you know they've established that this season that she's become a strengthened hardened survivor and i think that was the point of that conversation is like That like not the fact that he's scaring the doctor, but the fact that he was trying to intimidate Alicia and she she fed on that and then she actually was the savior of the surgery by keeping a man calm who refused to get a sedative. You know, while I, having I, open and I, and, you know, back surgery, and,
2: and I don't want to <laughs> say that I don't find Proctor John interesting. I think he's one of the more interesting characters that we've had this season. I mean, if you're
0: gonna do a Negan, but, and like, I even he's pretty and good. I
2: love the and I love the actor that's playing him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff as a bit part bad guy, and he's fabulous. Yeah, but his character is so one dimensional, like. They want the dam why do they want the dam so they can have the power great he's another one of these guys great we're going to have another guy that wants to be a dictator fantastic
0: we haven't got that in this show though have we yes who
2: well we had the besides uh, the army
0: i guess in the first season
2: (laughs) we we had the army the entire
1: army
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) forget the army you know we
2: had the, the we had the army the, 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 then we had the, um, the farm that they ended yep. up in Mexico. That was sort of oh, uh, yeah. like that until the guy died, and then it turned to chaos. Uh, pretty the, quickly. The, 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 the hotel was pretty much a fortress that they didn't want to let outsiders in because we don't have enough supplies. It, it, and now it's, they found a place where there's supplies, and now there's a dictator that wants the control of it. And so the other thing that was irking me more than anything is, is so these guys, we find out they're coming. And what does, what does, uh, what does Victor say? Yeah, I'm helping them. Yeah.
0: That was the biggest kerplot.
2: And it it was like, and when, and when Salazar, when Daniel finds out that Victor's helping them, he's like, of course he is. Because people don't change. And you're like, And and uh, it, it, I just feel like every season of this show specifically, they hit us with something interesting at the start of the season. And then by the end of the season, it all goes to shit because our heroes make the same choices they made the previous season.
0: Where
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, Whereas, whereas <laughs> regular Walking Dead does not have this no. issue. The shit doesn't hit the fan because Rick made a bad decision. They end up in a bad situation, and they make the best of the situation. I feel like this show specifically keeps putting them in a shitty situation where they go, "Yeah, let's make the situation <laughs> shittier and, <laughs> and, and dig our hole even deeper because it just adds tension to something that doesn't need tension anymore."
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the big thing for me is, in like, and we'll we'll move on to to Walking Dead here in a minute.
0: But um, also,
2: also, I just want to say one more thing too. Yeah the The fucking dam blows up, and what happens? <laughs> it's the most useless explosion I've ever seen. Yeah,
0: it doesn't even like, take the dam out. Everybody the, survives.
1: This,
2: they yeah. they literally made it sound like the dam was going to go up in smoke, and he's holding the det Nick's holding the detonator. And he's like, "We're all going to die. We're all going to die." What happens when he pushes the button? The dam cracks. Well, and yeah. I'm like It's that the power, it?
0: right that 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 he's that he's giving to the people, the water, right? I can't. It's got, got nothing song. to do with it no no so so here's the here's the thing i know we we should we want to move on and uh i personally feel like that is a spot-on analysis you know it's 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 slanted negative which is fine that's your jam i'm a little more positive uh that being said you are absolutely correct these characters just keep making stupid mistakes and one can argue that, yes, in the first season of Walking Dead, maybe the second, as the characters were learning the rules of this world, they were making stupid mistakes. You know, Shane, my gosh, could he be... Yeah. He was making those mistakes. But you, you saw his character evolution. He was, you know, upset that this woman that he had fallen in love with had gone back to his husband. It was slowly killing him, and he was making sacrifices that were damaging his character. Like, there was character evolution into the negative you know side of things in this it's just all these people are just shitty they're just terrible at surviving and you know madison says she cares about her kids but her kids are gonna get her killed
2: every she keeps saying she cares about them and every choice she makes isn't about them it's about her
0: yeah and they never
2: address that none of the kids go mom you're selfish
0: well nick tries to by saying are you gonna kill me like when you need to like it's the thing is they never go far enough with the questions. Like if they're going to create these characters that make shitty decisions, they need other characters to call them on those. Like it feels like they're, they're turning these characters into, you know, the bad guys. Um, but there's just always someone shittier. That's how the walking dead works. You know, like when you have the proctors and, and then here's the thing with the proctors and, and this, uh, proctor, John, I actually think, He's really interesting. I agree. The actor is fantastic. I may have seen him in other things, but I, I don't remember it. I know he's from Deadwood. Uh, he's been retired for five years. He's come back into acting. Um, not retired, but on hiatus. And he's just... He's fantastic. He's in—he's an interesting character. And maybe that's what the show is missing, is just this, this bad guy, you know, that is introduced as a bad guy. Um, I then think... They, um, go ahead. Well, I was go just right. going to say, they kind of fumble it at the end, where this bad guy just kind of like walks off you know if that were Negan on that dam the ultimate bad guy right now in The Walking Dead and they explode and Nick exploded it Nick would not be living he would have been shot dead it'd be like well if you're gonna take my dam I'm at least gonna kill you you know and John just lets him walk off and at the end of the season you know the dam crackles, and yes, the water is given to the people. The power of that dam is, is given away and, and will not, you know, serve to the proctors. Uh, but still, like, you know, um, the, the 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 remaining two, um, you know, Native Americans are still hanging around. Uh, the, you know, Madison washes up on shore. We don't know where Alicia or Strand are, but Strand is just, he's too far gone. They're going to have to kill him because he's he just keeps betraying the group. Uh, Alicia um she'll probably survive nick and um salamander who got shot through the cheek you know they can't kill him you know they got away scot-free you know john obviously survives like all the main characters that needed to survive the only thing that really truly died at the end of the season was the need to shoot at a dam you know they've they've killed the dam and they're moving on to something else there was texas or something you know, that's where they're that's where the Proctors are going. I don't know where where that's where they're going, but they're definitely not gonna stay where they are.
1: My thing with this before we move on is just I think what Lou mentioned a hundred times that I think he's absolutely right on, was the unnecessary drama, the unnecessary tension, the unnecessaries. It's just the show was good, the first half of the season was good because things just didn't seem like they had to unnecessarily happen in this second half of this whole season. Just seemed like it was getting a little more forced, a little more forced, and a little more forced. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of started uh, falling a little bit off of it. I mean, I wouldn't say I, I hated it as much as Lou. I thought the finale was definitely a big letdown. But um,
0: Well, basically, the show tries to set up this fake drama of, ooh, the only person who's confirmed to be alive for the next season is Madison. Which is technically true. She's the only one that walks, you know, walks away from it on camera for us all to see. And that's, you know, I tried to watch Talking Dead after that, and it was kind of yeah. like they try to, like, amp it up as, like, ooh, yeah, who's alive, who's dead? Madison's alive, is Strand alive? And then he makes a racist joke, but he's allowed to make it because he's black, you know? Like, it's a there was, there was the swimming thing. Like, and it's not funny. It's not, you know, drama, like, that this, right. these guys could be dead. But... um, it's kind of like the show is trying not to continue yet. AMC still renews it. Now we got, we got news that, um, Scott Gimbel is on as executive producer. And yeah. in the recent talking dead, uh, for the walking dead, uh, premiere, he seemed very like when they said, Oh, you're doing that show now. And he, the way he worded was no, I'm just helping out to me. That seems like it makes perfect sense to have Scott Gimbel executive producing the spinoff to his to his show you know because I there should be similarities between the two
2: the goal is they need higher numbers mm-hmm. and i think they know bringing him on just saying that will bring up numbers next season oh, I but if the numbers right. if their numbers are not higher next season the show is gone in one more season
0: and yeah, I agree. And I'm not even at the point anymore where I think any of these characters need to move on because they hate them all. Like Nick, I could see Nick coming over, but he just would not survive in The Walking Dead. He's just, he's, he's too, he's too broken. And I think the show ends with Madison killing him and that will be this big, oh, what was me? But I, I you know, Nick trying to sacrifice himself to save everybody. He just screwed it up. Like Listen,
1: he always does. <laughs> there is one. There is one good reason why *Fear the Walking Dead* might get good, mm. and one reason only.
0: They're gonna end it. No.
1: <laughs> the crossover.
0: Yeah, there. This crossover seems more and more real now. Oh, sorry, you're gonna play something.
1: I did. We are neck deep up shit creek with our mouths wide open, bitch nuts. I'm gonna need a dozen more. So. <clears throat> The crossover uh, basically has been confirmed that uh, Abraham is going to be in *Fear the Walking Dead*. Yeah, yeah, yeah my favorite is back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um, we were talking about it pre-show, and you guys explained to me because I was clueless. I didn't realize this was all, but confirmed it. They they haven't like they didn't confirm it on *The Talking Dead*. They they talked around it. And the way they described it was it will be sometime in 2018. It'll be a major crossover. It'll either happen in the later half of The Walking Dead this season, the season four of Fear the Walking Dead, which we kind of figured that's where it's going to happen in season four. Um, Because, you know, Proctor John mentions Texas, and we know that uh, Abraham started in Texas, so there's an opportunity to have, you know, some crossover there. I have a
2: theory we're going to have him be a proctor. Sure. He's gonna be with them. He's gonna be one of the guys, and he's gonna have to make a choice. And he's gonna make a choice to let Madison or somebody go. And he's gonna stick around for about an episode or two, and that's gonna be the end of it. And he's and because of his mistake, he's gonna need to be on the run, and that's what we're gonna see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's um let's move on from this because I don't want to rush through the season eight premiere. No. No. Um. So let's, let's go ahead and switch gears. We, we kind of know where we stand, thanks to Lou, on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit more about The Walking Dead? I hope you got your shitting pants on. What? Your shitting pants?
0: I hope you're wearing them right now. Because you?
1: shitting pants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good. Because you're about to... shit. <laughs> um, you know, that's why I could never be Negan, because like the way he says things with such confidence, I'd be like, looks like we're going to P.P. pants city. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, maybe that's not what I wanted to say. Um, episode 100, season 8, episode 1. Uh, a lot of fun callbacks in this episode, but also pretty strong premiere um i know before we get into it that uh, andrew lincoln was teasing that he's had so much more fun shooting this season than last season mostly because like last season's rick was broken whiny rick and this season's rick is definitely not yeah although we that's we, literally we, what he said I don't <laughs> he know, know, I, like, I, yeah No, i was like yeah it's crazy uh just a complete turnaround and uh th- so far for for this, like I, was, we, I think we were all skeptical about kind of Walking Dead and maybe jumping the shark a little bit with the trailer and the Dropkick Murphys theme <laughs> playing in the background. I think we were all a little skeptical, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought it was a pretty strong premiere.
2: I thought, think it was a very good episode. I can't complain. Um, I think my favorite aspect of this is we start out with our heroes ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. they don't we don't feel like they're losing,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know it, it's good to see you know, Rick and the group kind of like and like the all all the kingdom and the hilltop all just working together um i love I love this episode's jump forward and backward in a time. I thought that was really, really well done, and that's something that's hard to do in t v shows now to pull that off, right, but um, the future. The dreamy Rick, the current Rick, like the probably like the immediate future Rick, the past Rick plan. You know, like they they just time jumped it so well in this episode. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Is it was it timed all right for you, or was uh, it too much jumping?
0: I mean, um, I loved every present moment in the show. The um, future Rick, which was the fever, not the fever dream, but the dream was. Um, was interesting the daydream i liked that because it was kind of like rick it's what we would all think about in his situation of like finally this is going to be over and this is there can be nothing worse than this madman with a bat you know and i can i can think about the possible future what weirded me out in this episode and i feel like which was a lot of like in the reviews a lot of the problems with it it's not as big an issue for me because, you know, as some, a fan of the show, I look at the whole season and I don't really grade individual episodes unless they're, like, incredibly terrible. Um, yeah. But in this, there was some weird jumping around where there was, like, an exhausted Rick, like, a really tired Rick. And that was interchanged pretty much, I don't know, like, before or after every future. It was hard to yeah. tell what was going on. It was just a lot of jumping around. And there was present Rick, you know, having his strike against Negan and doing a very good job and having a success, a win under his belt. And then daydream Rick where he's thinking of the future. And then there's this, this tired, exhausted, whiny Rick, um, what appears to be him kind of maybe not begging, but like he's been, he's being taught a lesson. He's being left out and, you know, starved. He just looks tired. He looks exhausted, broken. And, I have no idea where that fits in, whether it's him worrying about what happens if he fails. Is it, um, is it actually happening? Is this a moment in the future that is actually happening that
2: it literally feels like it's a scene that was done so that they could show him in old makeup and score some news?
0: That's so, it. Well, no, no, I'm not even know. talking about that. I'm talking about like I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like a trailer bait. And they just wanted to put Rick, old man Rick, and they even had fun with it in the Talking Dead, where they, as a prize, they gave away his robe. Um, but what I'm talking about is just these little interchanges of him with the exhausted, broken eyes of, uh, you know, all red around. Well, he appears over, to be. He's
1: over. A, he's over a grave site. Um, I believe. Right. Well, yeah. there are scenes said... of
0: him over. It was like the scenes where it shows like the stained glass window type thing, and I just don't think we've seen. I that think before.
1: he's. I think he's over a gravesite. I think that's future. I think someone.
2: Yeah, someone's gonna die this season.
1: Oh, you're saying yeah, that's someone...
0: actual future.
1: I think that's actual future, and I gotta tell you, and this is the um, problem
0: right here is that there's like daydream future and there's actual future. And so there's...
1: this whole thing about daydream future though, it could be a daydream, but. They're,
0: I know, uh, I know there's so there's com- a time jump in Comic yeah, book
1: spoilers yeah. here. Um you know, at one point during this exchange, uh Legan
0: Legan Legan, <laughs> yeah. In an alternate uh, timeline.
1: It's Negan's brother. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh Negan at one point breaks uh Rick's leg, mm-hmm. uh, forcing Rick to, to walk around in a cane in the comic books. Um so like the fact that old man Rick has a cane, I'm kinda like Oh wait, is this like actual future? You know what I mean, or yeah. is this, or is this just daydream? Like Rick sees, like because if you're having a daydream about the future, why would you, why would you put yourself in a cane? I never you know thought I mean? about that. <laughs> why would you? Like, like if you're like, ah, oh, I can't wait for me to be older and everyone else to be the same age, and uh, I'll have a cane. Like I don't know, it just seems weird to me. But anyway, um, you know the the zombie apocalypse it will do it to you, but. I, I think that Rick, at the end, when he he says the same prayer that that kid said, um, didn't he? Hmm. So a couple couple cool things. Uh, so this was episode one hundred, and I don't know if you guys know all like the little flashbacks to previous episodes uh, i'll I'll name you a few that I know, and then I'll name you a few that i I saw online. Ah uh, one. The uh the Walker, the girl that Rick, the original like little kid zombie in the first episode, she actually appeared in the background of this episode. Did you guys know that?
2: Mm-hmm. No.
1: Yeah, so she actually appeared behind Carl and Rick at the gas station. It was actually the same actress. Um, obviously grown up a little bit more, but wearing like the same outfit as before. Um there was another one where they, there was, Carl had this orange backpack. And if you guys remember, I think it was like season three, where they were going to uh, find Morgan. They drove past a hitchhiker who was wearing an orange backpack, and he kept trying to catch up to them. And at the end of the episode, it was uh, Carl, Michonne, and I think Rick. They drove past the, the like a bloody streak with an orange backpack at the end of it, and Carl went out to get it. And that's the backpack that he has in that episode. Oh. Uh, yeah, a couple of them that I found online was uh, the electrocuted walker that Rick lets uh, go on that guy. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Which I thought was, you know... I mean, like, the thing is they... In season uh, six, when they, you know, kill all those people in that watchtower, we're really yeah. not sure, like, how mad we should be at the saviors, so that seemed a little like, ooh, that was a little much. But yeah. then after season seven, it's like, we hate basically everybody who sides yep. themselves with the saviors. So our hero you know, feeding someone alive to a zombie is kind of like, yeah, it didn't phase me and it really should have when you think about it, but
1: I, yeah, and I'll get into that in a second, but that was actually one of the first walkers, uh, one of the first people to play a walker, um, in the first episode. So that was pretty cool. And I guess, uh, there was an homage to, uh, John Bernthal there, Shane. Oh, when, uh, yeah. When, uh, Negan says, uh, let me ask you something, Rick, um, which is basically, what Shane said over and over and over again, let me ask you something to Rick. Like, he just kept going, let me ask you something, Rick. I guess, uh, uh, what's his face? Nicotero said, yeah, it was a tribute to uh, John Bernthal. So, that was pretty interesting. Um, So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about them killing people <laughs> because there's a lot of it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Remember last season? Well, this season the tables have turned and they – they do some quick cuts, and some are pretty um, are made to be funny, which is uh, I don't know. I don't know if what we should be. About,
1: uh, what do you think about Morgan killing people again, though? It's just sad. I'm
2: okay with it because I think he understands that he, as much as he doesn't want to do it, it's the only way they walk out of this alive. Because the, the yeah, all of, well, season, that, but... all of last season, all of last season. He tried to make the past that we don't kill people, we don't kill people, we don't kill people. And I think at this point he has seen Negan and realized you don't convince him not to kill people.
1: Yeah. It doesn't well, work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I get that, and I, I do. It just it's just such a quick turnaround. There's a lot of human-on-human violence. I knew it was going to happen this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the funniest post I saw on Reddit was, uh, the governor is worse than Negan because the governor killed hundreds of people directly and indirectly, tortured Andrea, probably others, sexually assaulted Maggie, gunned down his own men, decapitated a helpless old man. What did Negan do? He made Rick's kids spaghetti. <laughs>
0: um, well, but
1: no, it, it was just kind of something that uh, made me laugh. But it um, is
0: funny, and and the thing is, like the thing that makes Negan so bad is and is, is, is illustrated in Rick's big. Hurrah speech is that uh you know we don't tolerate people who take from this world with you know and and kind of hold it over people's heads and yeah and Negan Negan is the embodiment of that you know he just he even he even holds over Rick's head that he has a bigger penis like he just he doesn't know where to stop you know
1: <laughs> that was the funniest line <laughs> um
0: it was those... good <laughs> did you cap it cap I'm surprised that. you didn't I I did,
1: I don't have it on my soundboard, but, uh, (laughs) I just didn't know how appropriate that would be to play because I just love it at the end where he's like, it it is, we both know it. (laughs) It's like, uh, what? yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so I love, um, I love the planning. I love what Rick and his group did. I love the small little details, like putting the fence up on the cars, um, yeah, you know, I the only thing that really made me mad about the episode was I kind of wish that they just started shooting at Negan right away rather than like try and talk to. Him. I get what Rick's trying to do, but I kind of wish he just went out there. I do love the idea of um just the just the sheer fact that he was like you know, ten, nine, eight, seven, and started firing. I thought that was good. That kind of caught me off by surprise. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was waiting for the thing, and then all of a sudden the gunfire, and I, I and I had looked away for a second, and I had yeah. to look back and make sure that what I saw happen happened. I was like, oh, he's shooting first. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's where that's exactly where I was at. I was like, oh man, that's uh, that's pretty insane. <laughs> but um, that was that was fun. It was it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. No, um, the, the whole setup for the plan. And even the way the saviors interact with uh, Rick and the group, like the way the one guy that he feeds the zombie says, "Like, what are you planning, Rick? What are you doing? You've already lost." And it's it's interesting because it feels like you know I know the te- the marketing All at War, but in this episode, it feels like war. The way mm-hmm. that the they're yeah. interacting and the way they, you know the guerrilla warfare and the inside man with Dwight and the fact that that's paying off really well. Um, because you never really got the, you never really got the hint. They didn't kind of show it very well in in season seven. Even after Dwight turned, that he had turned, and the fact that you go from them not really trusting Dwight at the end of season seven to them straight up getting the mother of all information loads at the start of season eight, unseen between the seasons, is um is a nice time jump. Is it was good to see that? Just be like, nah he's trustworthy and he's given them all this information and it leads to this major attack, which uh, just seemed so well orchestrated. Um, It was,
1: it was well orchestrated as well done too as a TV show. I think Uh, Mm -hmm. it it was definitely believable. Um, It was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um, What do you, so a couple things too. Uh, So the Polaroid picture, what do you think of that? when rick took the picture
0: oh i thought that was was that i never really thought about it until you just asked and then what popped into my head was it was fitting in that you know negan has his trophies or negan's people has their trophies and now rick has his you know of this cowering you know feeble negan who he wasn't able to kill but now has this like trophy you know to keep him going it seemed a little petty at the time but I don't know, it just uh it was it you was know, just a funny little nod. I don't know, it was a, yeah, it was the I way they were trying fun. to lighten up the show.
1: I don't know if it was funny, but I definitely think it may have been like a little like, oh, Rick's definitely out for blood, huh? Um the other thing that kind of that uh two things that bothered me was uh Gregory. Um they did this in the comics too, where Gregory basically said the hilltop stands with Negan. Um and did we really did they expect anyone to just stop you know what i mean hmm. like everyone there was I a, super, think, was a maggie Gre- supporter
2: i think gregory thought that someone would back him
1: i i get that but at the same time it just seems like it was just uh i did not like it in the comic books and i don't like it now
0: well yeah um, Gregory's spineless right and he convinced simon that he still owned the hilltop and yeah. Simon was, you know, stuck his neck out there and said, like, Gregory's going to get people to show weakness in, in the group. But Gregory wasn't going to go in, you know, bragging to Simon that, like, oh, yeah, there's actually this other, you know, woman, Maggie, who actually is a real leader and I'm terrible and no one likes me. Yeah. Um, he's, it's just not his character. What really bothered me is, uh, and goes back to Lou's point about Fear of the Walking Dead, is that um, not to skip to the end of the episode, but with um, Father Gabriel uh, him just being like, I'm a really good person because I have this white collar and I'm a man of God. So I have to save everybody. Even though clearly like five minutes ago, he just threw us all under the bus or tried to, and that backfires immediately. And it's like, like, I want Gabriel to trust people, but like, man, not everybody's redeemable, especially the person who literally five minutes ago, like he didn't hit his head that hard on the way down the stairs. He's not going to change. Um, and it just seemed really like a cheap way to get one of the characters, you know, away yeah. from Rick's group. Because it was kind of, like, weird that, like, they the plan went off so well that no one seemed to get injured or hurt on Rick's side. Um, just the biggest casualty was, you know, the the compound, right? So it was just, it seemed a little weird to kind of, like... And I know that probably is something that happens in the comics, that like yeah. something gets left behind or... Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, so there there's a lot of, and I I get what they're trying to do and add a little bit of that but I do feel like you know, it almost gives you that T-Dog moment. You know, remember when T-Dog was like just a bad episode he's like I'm the best character in the world and you're like, "Yeah, fucking right, T-Dog." And then you're like, "Oh shit, he's dead." Yeah. Um that's kind of how I feel about Gabriel at this point <laughs> where this whole time we've been watching him, he's been kind of, you know, he's a little he's okay here, he's terrible there. And all of a sudden, this episode, he's like, Rick, it's not about you. Let's do this, brother. And then he's like, you're just like, okay, Gabriel's probably going to go, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope not, though. He was starting to get interesting, not just as the babysitter, but, like, you know, the man of God who wasn't afraid to kill people. Um He was just a, an interesting character. And, I mean, we, we, we all know that, you know, when – you know, man, man of god had to had to kill back back in the day you know the crusades and all that whatever but uh it's interesting to see it come full circle in the apocalypse of someone like you know you have to do uh you have to do what you have to do but um yeah no i uh, i just thought that was a little weird but i thought the attack was uh almost like negan had underestimated them even though that he had just like been attacked uh in alexandria like almost too cocky coming out with all of his uh his yeah. and and you kind of saw some dissension in the rank with um yeah the guy. that was crazy huh yeah the, the guy um i can't remember his name but it was the guy who always went to the kingdom who was a little more pragmatic and, and just understanding and like oh well you know you screwed up so now i have to kill you and i didn't really want to and he almost kind of seemed like nah maybe we should you know can we have a pause here like, Negan's not going to be happy with that comment.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you see him look at him like, are you kidding yeah. me right now? Um, so overall, the episode itself, I think, was just a strong performance and definitely led you to... It did a great job of ramping up All Out War and then did an even better job of ramping up All Out War. You know, like, I'm excited for this season now. I'm totally pumped on it.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, my my favorite aspect was it it, it did this thing where... I was worried that we were going to start out depressed like we did last season and we didn't. It started really high, lots of energy, lots of, um, lots of like, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. We're going to win this. And you knew since the season was called all out war, they weren't going to win in one episode. No. And you could see they had everything lined up and you needed. We as a as a as as watchers knew it was going to fall apart. And they did such a good job of even when it did fall apart, our heroes still were heroes. They didn't. <laughs> it did. They did. I, I, at no point did I feel when the shit hit the fan and people were dying, did I feel like the heroes were like, "Oh no, we're gonna lose." Yeah. And it was like, "Well, we lost this battle, but we're gonna win another one." I well, I it didn't even seem the like battle. they yeah. lost. It was they, just.
0: They didn't get to kill Negan, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think their plan worked. Like honestly, I just think they were like, "All right, this is exactly what we wanted to happen." We knew we wouldn't be able to kill all of them, but we surrounded their entire compound with like this intricate plan of like walkers and yeah. That, I mean, that's so
0: crazy. It's funny to think about it, but a horde was involved in this episode, and a horde played a major part in *Fear the Walking Dead*, and the the fact that we. You know, love the use of a horde here and hate the use of an artificial, you know, the horde in *Fear the Walking Dead* as a mechanic to wipe an area clean. um It's just kind of telling of the way you use it and the story you set up is the most important part. It's not about whether someone led a horde there or not. Like both were very similar, but this was, you know, to foil a bad guy. And you know, it's using your surroundings to your advantage. um And I and I thought it was really well done. And yeah, like. There's some there's some weirdness to this episode in that yes it is a first part of a many part season um, especially for the all out war you know stretch and yep. there was some specific loose ends in this episode that felt weird because of the way they kept jumping around you know but it, it, the way it jumps around makes sense in that Rick is you know saying like hey tomorrow when we fight we've already, it doesn't matter we've already won him yeah. saying that after they had won was kind of an you know a very bold way to to structure the episode cuz it it could be a little confusing at times but to me the biggest flaw with this is just you know the mercy rick like him asking for mercy whatever that is um it, it just feels well, like a a weird companion to what was happening in this episode almost like we can't have it to be too positive we can't have it to be too kickassy. we need like we need some broken rick in there we need to prove that andrew lincoln still knows how to like appear to be broken just in case just to keep just to keep the tear factory going just in case we need it if, if negan gets the upper hand i just felt like it was a little weird i know we'll get the payoff for that eventually because it like you said it feels like it's a it's a it's a future thing that's actually happening um, but it just felt out of place in the, in the standalone episode. So you'll explain something to me at the end of the no, episode, no, no, comic no, books, I, whatever. Honestly, no,
1: no, nothing comic wise. I just think that broken Rick that you're seeing, I honestly think someone is in that grave that he just buried from all at war. And the thing is, is I swear to God, the, the kid that Carl met at the gas station, who I think is another kid in the comic books who plays a little bit of a role um, by a different name. But uh, he says something and then quotes it from the the Cabal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear to God, it's the same quote that Rick said at the end of the episode. I am not. I feel like it's 100%. I feel like it was the same exact quote about Mercy. Um, but uh, anyway, we don't, we don't have to research that now. But See? I still think that Rick just buried someone, and that's what he's so upset about
0: yeah i mean i i i could see that i mean like him being so upset i wonder like it it would either have to be michonne carl or judith and i mean we know judith uh, isn't a character that that makes it out of the comics very long so do they well
1: judith was gone when Lori was gone in the comics so
0: i mean the reason i i hope they didn't just keep her around for her to just no, nah, no, they're gonna. I don't think around. Negan's one to kill a kid. Didn't you see my uh, picture of her in the sidewalk track that I put in the chat? Yeah, I saw that on Reddit too. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that everybody's like, even in, on the Talking Dead, um, there, I usually don't watch the Talking Dead, but it was another yeah. one of those big deals where they have like pretty much every actor on, um, past and present. Yeah, yeah and, they,
1: Except for I didn't see Andrew Lincoln. Did I didn't see the whole episode? But did, was he on there
0: at all? Oh yeah, he was. He was there. Like everybody, like Hershel showed up um i saw
1: like t-dog i saw all
0: sorts of people t-dog they didn't even have on the couch they he was the red carpet guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was bad um that's probably why they didn't have him on on the couch but uh yeah it was uh it was interesting and and negan or jeffrey dean morgan is just the perfect negan like honestly he's amazing um yeah and he, he, you know, we haven't even talked about the end of this episode where, you know, Negan is, you know, cowering behind a, a, a blown out car and Rick doesn't get to kill him. But then he sc- scurries off and you heard the the clip that you're wearing your shitting pants and Gabriel yeah. escapes as well, only to find that he's escaped into the same trailer. Yeah. What are the odds? Right. That's crazy. It's it's honestly like very believable in the sense that they're both in the same location. They're scrambling and they get into this trailer. That's the door that they first come to and those two characters in the same trapped room surrounded by walkers. Like I am excited to see that interaction because yeah. Negan being this jokey jokey person and, um, Gabriel being this, you know, uh, holy man and, you know, being in, in touch with his, you know, his faith and all that. And then them being surrounded and both probably realizing, well, there's no point in trying to kill each other because we might need to actually survive this. And I feel like it's going to lead to some some background on Negan, and there's going to be some conversations because what else is there to do when you're surrounded by walkers in a secure trailer besides just like talk? And we both know they love to talk, you know. Yeah. So you know what? <laughs> I'm looking forward can to I just
1: it. Tell you, can i just tell you before we get out of here what really bothers me. What's that?
0: We still don't know where Heath is. Like Oh right. Where's where's Heath? He's (laughs) coming back.
1: I know, but where is he?
0: Wait, is he really coming back? Where do you guys read all this stuff?
1: Yeah, I think he I think they're gonna make a plan for him to come back, but like how are they gonna explain that? (laughs) Like he shows up after all the war is over and he's like, What's up guys? I tried something new, it didn't work.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. So he that show got cancelled, the twenty four show? Yeah. So is it confirmed he's coming back? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's. I think I read somewhere online, but it just bothers me that. Uh, oh wait, I, I, I told- did.
0: You know, now that I think about it, then the synopsis for the next episode is like Rick runs into someone from his past, and I bet that. Do you think that's Heath? Like, is he? No. Or is that too soon?
1: I don't think. I don't think that's someone that Rick would run into from his
0: past. Well, it's like uh, Rick continues to fight. He encounters a familiar face. I don't know. I'd probably say Heath. Would be a familiar face, right? Could be.
1: Oh, we never know. That's the beauty about this show. We don't. Right. We don't really know right now.
0: Um, What's the Lou, actor's name?
1: Lou. Your overall thoughts on the premiere? Like, you know, are you excited? Uh, you, you, amped up for season eight or what?
2: I am amped up. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, and uh, they didn't let me down this time. So, uh, uh, it, uh, it's not fear the walking, fear the walking dead. So, I'm happy.
1: All right. Man. All right. And Ryan, you're you're on board.
0: I love it. I'm 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 excited that we're that we're back into it. But the curious point for me, the one question I have as someone from some, from someone who didn't read the comics to someone who did. People love the Negan arc. The section of the comics that encompasses season 7. Is it, is it, is it would it be qualified as bad? You know, because I know a lot of people see season seven, they didn't feel it was that strong. It just wasn't the tone they were looking for.
1: Are you talking about when Negan kills Glenn in the comics?
0: No, no, no. Everything after that leading up to All at War, was there a stretch there where people just didn't love the comics and they were wanting this, you know, was it bad storytelling or was it just no. poorly adapted to television? Like, I'm curious.
1: Uh, you got to remember there's, um... Mm. There's different characters playing different roles in the comics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and the stuff that the TV show dragged out, the comics didn't really drag out as much cuz you don't have to you don't necessarily have to fill you know a certain amount of time to to make to make it work. I think if they had ended season 7, well there's a little how do I explain this? there's some stuff that happens like in the comics during this whole thing that is really, really interesting that I don't think they're going to be able to pull off in the show.
0: Um, I want to hear that after the show, because yeah, I, yeah, I feel sure. like I'm, I, I get the, uh, the answer you're trying to tell me is basically like it was the better done in the comics because the yeah, pacing absolutely. is set by one person or yeah. a, t- a smaller team. And,
1: and again, the characters being different characters, yeah. um, and playing different roles helped as well. I think
0: yeah okay well no that that answers my question because i feel like shane's
1: alive and rick's dead no i'm just kidding that's not what happened
0: (laughs) it it answers my question because i feel like the show tries to stick to a very strict season arc in that no we can't start all at war because that's our tagline for the next season and um yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm i'm back in watching week to week i'm watching it live Um, i'm excited for sunday i'll be able to watch episode two and i want to see where it goes next because from what i've heard the first four episodes are just boom 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 like the plan that they had hatched keeps going so so
1: yeah and uh, i am very excited about this season i'm excited to see where we go i'm excited to to see how they pace this season out they've already apologized for season seven they've already said they've dragged it out they they didn't do everything the way they should have and they learned their lesson from it yep. let's see how long they continue to do it so it's so far so good right yeah yep all right maybe we should go ahead and get into the wrap-up we've been talking for a while guys yeah we've been doing this for a long
0: time ryan oh um do you want to do the <laughs> email next week
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll do an email next
0: week. All right. Sorry, email person. We'll get to you next week. We'll, we'll have we'll have an episode where we just do one episode and it'll be all good and we don't rant <laughs> yeah, about right? a terrible episode. Anyways, I want to talk about Extra Life. Support Extra Life. Make me watch Z Nation. Oh, you lovely people. When you donate to my Extra Life campaign and include Zamp in the comments, I'll be one step closer to watching every season of Z Nation for Zamp. Ugh. Whether you're a fan of or not of Z Nation, it tends to pop up on the podcast often. So I'll do it, but only in support of Charity, So go to zombiesaymypodcast.com/slash-extra-life, And I have a little incentive for everybody If making me watch Z Nation isn't enough Every person who donates in the name of Zamp Will have their name entered into a signed uh, To win a signed copy of the Walking Dead official cookbook um, You may remember last week when Lauren was on We didn't even talk about the fact that Lauren is going to make Bobby Bugs How did we go a whole episode without mentioning that, Lou? I was really hoping no one would ever remember that
2: Oh no, <laughs> uh, I, I told him before the show
0: uh i have to i have to we have to talk about it and then get you that address and you did lose a (laughs) bet i did yeah (laughs) but anyways uh make your donation before november 17th to be entered into the draw and lauren will send you that signed copy if you win so um our extra life stream proper will be on the 11th but you can donate uh between now and the 17th to be eligible so uh and yeah we'll uh We'll keep the tally for the Z Nation uh, until the end of the year, which is basically when donations are cut off. So uh, every $100 gets you a new season of Z Nation, and uh, both Bob and Lou promised they would watch it with me, and uh, you heard it here first. What? <laughs> and I'm just joking. I
2: said if you got enough donations, I'd at least watch a few episodes with you. No, I would never what? drag you guys. To...
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in the uh, – maybe some stretch goals will make them do it. How's that sound? What? <laughs> Anyways, go to ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com slash Extra Life for more details on that. You can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash podcast. Go to our website. Uh, you can email us, info at ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com. I promise when we're not talking a lot about TV shows, we'll read your email. Follow us on Twitter. Well, like us on Facebook. Uh, if you want to follow individual hosts, you can find myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. And finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his stuff at JoelDuggan.com.
1: at that uh, Thank you, Ryan Murphy. Lou Page, any last neganisms? Uh,
2: I hope you're wearing your uh, <laughs> damn it, what is it he says? Your shitty pants. <laughs> <laughs> your shitty <laughs> pants. Let's
1: just let's just face it, Lou. Mine's bigger than yours and we both know it. Uh... <laughs> I'm actually a little bothered now that we have Lauren back on the show. <laughs> they you would have never. You would have never remembered.